Well, incredible worship today. What a blessing to uh, have presented to us with our handbells, our choir. Can we just give them a hand thanking them for being here today? I waited for the weather to calm before I walked over, and I'm sure many of them showed up when it was terrible outside, so we're so grateful for that. And as that song presented to us, take it to the Lord in prayer. Isn't prayer a wonderful thing? What are we talking about when we talk about prayer? We're talking about talking to God. That's what prayer really is in its essence. And uh, we are grateful to have that opportunity to cry out to God in good times and bad. In a storm like today, I was on the way in, and someone told me, there's actually, and I don't mean to scare you, but a tiger on the loose in LaGrange that escaped from a zoo or something. So I'm horrified about that. I'm praying as I'm preaching. And if that tiger comes in, I love you all. Y'all let me know how it turns out. I'm going to make a new exit and I'm going to be gone. I'll, I'll listen out for the reports of how things went. That's not true. I'm going to push Anthony and Tom down and then the tiger can get them. Today we want to answer the question, how can I be sure God hears my prayers? I want you to think for a moment about how much things have changed when it comes to communication. Uh, when I was a teenager, uh, it was super cool if you had a beeper. Remember the beepers, your little pager you wore on your hip? Somebody wanted to talk to you, they would go to a phone somewhere, a pay phone, a home phone, they would uh, dial your beeper number, then it would beep, and it would tell you the number of someone calling, then you would be out and about and go to a pay phone, remember those? Uh, you go to the pay phone, put your money in and make your call to call someone back. Uh, things have changed a lot, right? Uh, back when I first started dating Cindy, we were at Valdosta State University starting out in college and our, uh, finishing our freshman year. She went off to Daytona Beach to this thing called Beach Project where she did mission work down there for the summer. And God uh, called me to be a summer youth minister in Colquitt County, her hometown. So I went to her town. She left and went to Daytona. That probably was a message she was trying to send me. But nonetheless, uh, she was down in Daytona and our love was blossoming. Uh, that's a long way away. So uh, she would write me letters, uh, numerous letters. I think I wrote one. I'm not real good in the letter department. Uh, but uh, I would call her. I like to talk on the phone more than I like to write. And I would call her on my mom's calling card. And I had this calling card. It was 1-800-C-A-L-L-A-T-T. -T. It was call A-T-T. -T. Some of y'all may remember that. And I would do this call on the calling card. And I didn't care. I was in love. I didn't think about the fact that it was 25 cents a minute going to my mom's phone bill, and she was getting phone bills that were hundreds of dollars because Cindy and I would talk for 30 minutes, 45 minutes, or an hour at a quarter a minute. But now we laugh at that because we're more connected than ever before. We have cell phones that can text and call and email, and we can message people through social media. We have all these ways of connecting with people. And today when we think about our communication with God, it is a direct line that is more direct than any of those platforms and opportunities we have. But with all this communication, we still perhaps feel like we're more disconnected from God than ever before. But I want you to know that you have immediate and constant contact with God. And if it feels like God is a long way away today, if you feel like your prayers don't get past the ceiling, uh, if you even pray, perhaps it feels like a pointless exercise, that it's nothing more than you talking to yourself. 
I believe today God's Word can help us to understand more about prayer. Now, to be fair, if you feel like your prayer life is not where it needs to be, there are times when you pray and answers don't come. Healing doesn't happen. Problems continue, and the pain keeps getting worse in life. And we're left with that question, does God hear my prayers? Today, we need confidence in this matter. We need to tap into prayer's power. We need to enjoy the privilege God has given us in prayer, talking with the one who has made us. We need to know that God is listening, and not only is he hearing us, but he is responding to our prayers. So let's understand a few things today. If you're taking notes, jot some of these down, write down the scripture references, because I'm going to give you quite a few because we're dealing with a topic today, the topic of God hearing our prayers. So first of all, I want us to understand the way prayer works. If you're taking notes, write that down, the way prayer works. I'm going to give you a shocking but true statement. Prayer is not available to everyone and anyone who wants it. Prayer is a gift reserved for the follower of Jesus Christ. Now, this might be hard for unbelievers to accept. I mean, after all, if God is love, it seems only natural that he would listen and respond to those who cry out to him. But here we have a fundamental misunderstanding about our access to God. Sin, which we all have, completely, totally separates us from God. We have no access to God if Jesus Christ has not forgiven our sins. So prayer is available to us once sin has been washed away by the blood of Jesus Christ. Ephesians 2.18 tells us that Jesus Christ gives us access to the Father. It says there, through him we have access to the Father through the Spirit. The only way sinful people can enter the presence of a sinless God is through the perfect sin offering of Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, Jesus doesn't just give us access to God in prayer. When we come to know Christ, Jesus goes to the place of being our priest before God. Listen to Hebrews chapter 4. Write this down. Hebrews 4, 14 through 16. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in every way as we are yet without sin. Therefore, let us approach the throne of grace with boldness so that we may receive and find grace to help us in our time of need. Understand the context here of what the writer of Hebrews is telling us. In the days of the Old Testament, the high priest ministered in the tabernacle on behalf of the people. You see, the common people were not uh, able to enter the holy precincts uh, of the tabernacle and the temple. Only the priest could go on their behalf, and only as far as the veil that was inside. So the high priest alone could go beyond the veil and only once a year on the Day of Atonement. But today, every believer in Christ is invited and even encouraged to come boldly 
all the way past the veil which has been torn in two, giving us direct access to God through Jesus Christ. You see, no Old Testament high priest could minister mercy and grace quite the same way. When an Israelite was tempted, he couldn't just easily run to the high priest for help. He certainly couldn't enter the Holy of Holies for God's help. But as believers in Jesus Christ, we can run to our high priest at any time, in any circumstance, and we can find the help we need. How much better it is that we have a high priest who ministers in a heavenly tabernacle than in an earthly one. Jesus Christ, the perfect high priest. I think about in the months to come as we look forward to God revealing who needs to be the pastor uh, of our church here. I want you to know as great as that man will be in coming and ministering to you and preaching to you and praying for you, be certain you understand he is your pastor and not your priest. He has no greater connection or access to God than any other believer. There is only one person who gives us access to God. It is Jesus Christ. So what can give you confidence that God hears your prayers today? We know God hears our prayers because of Jesus Christ. That is why you can have confidence that God Here's your prayers. It is Jesus Christ. Our ability to connect with God is based only on Jesus, our great high priest. So today, as we think about God hearing our prayers, we note how prayer works. It is through Jesus Christ. But I want us to take a few moments and understand a little bit more about why we feel like God doesn't hear our prayers. What are some hindrances to prayer? What are some things that stand in the way of us communing with God as he would desire? You know, sometimes we try to do the right thing, but we do it in the wrong way, right? Uh, recently, I was hanging a new light fixture for my wife, Cindy, and I uh, thought, I'll hang this light, and I'll be her knight in shining armor. You know how men are. We're very insecure, and we need a lot of praise, so we do projects to get praise. We get halfway through and then we quit. But anyway, that's another story for another day. A lot of ladies are laughing. I guess I'm not alone in that. I have many unfinished projects in my house. But I was changing this light fixture in the foyer, and some of you guys, y'all are, I don't know, brave, smart, dumb, I can't figure it out, but you'll work on a fixture with the electricity on. I mean, you'll, oh, the switch is off. It'll be fine. I shut things down. I mean, we go dark in my house when it's time to deal with electricity. Uh, so Cindy went down in our basement back into this back corner room where the panel box is located, and she turns off the power. Take the old light down, wire up, and attach the new light. It was an aggravating light fixture trying to get it all flush and just right, and got it all settled. And I said, all right, Cindy, bring me a light bulb. She goes and gets a light bulb, and I screw it in, and I said, all right, go down to the breaker box, and you call me on the phone, and you let me know when you have it turned on. So I'm waiting, and she calls, and she turns it back on, and I said, well, come on up. And I mean, I'm proud. I'm just ready to show off my new light, and she comes back to the foyer, and I go, all right, here we go. And nothing happens. So what in the world? I know I wired it right. I did it right. I said, well, go back down and turn off the breaker. And she goes down, and I take it all down, and I rewire it again. And we go back all through that same thing. She comes back up, and I'm ready to flip the light and show it off, and nothing. I'm like, are you sure you turned the breaker back on? She, oh, yes, absolutely. I said, well, 
I don't know what to do. Let me try again. And, and I'm trying to make excuses. I mean, I don't want to be embarrassed in front of my wife. I want her to think I can do everything. I don't, can't do much anything, apparently. I can't even change the light. And so I, I send her back down. She turns off the breaker, and she comes back up. And I do the light switch, and it doesn't come on again. And I've tried that. I'm like, I'm like taking wires that aren't supposed to connect and trying that. I mean, I'm thinking maybe I've got something backward. And on and on it goes. And finally, I said, Cindy, when you got the light bulb, where'd you get it? Out of the box? And she said, oh, no, there was just a loose one. I said, go get another light bulb. And sure enough, when she brought it back, you know, then the story, the light bulb goes in, I flip the switch, and the light comes on. And so we went through all that stuff, doing all the right things, twisting all the right wires, only for nothing to happen. Now, sometimes we do that in prayer. We get on our knees. We voice our prayers to God. We say all the right things. We even pray maybe in the model of the Lord's Prayer or the Acts acrostic some of you learned years ago. All the different things we need to do in prayer. But sometimes we are taking a wrong approach, a wrong approach in prayer. And as a result, we feel like God is not hearing our prayers. What are some hindrances to prayer? The first one's pretty obvious. If you're taking notes, write this down as a hindrance to prayer unconfessed sin. That is a major hindrance in prayer. Psalm 66, beginning in verse 18, if I had cherished iniquity in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. But truly God has listened. Listen, he has attended uh, to the voice of my prayer. What if you abused and neglected a friendship in your life? Would it then be sensible and reasonable to make huge requests of that person? If you were not honoring your friend, not being uh, devoted to your spouse, but then to come along and make a big request. Listen, we can't live a life offensive to God and then expect to have a powerful and effective prayer life. Sin disrupts the prayer life of every person. First John chapter 2, listen to this. Beginning in verse 1, my little children, I'm writing you these things so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He himself is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the whole world. We have an advocate in Jesus Christ, washing away our sins, dealing with unconfessed sins so that we can come before God and connect with him. Perhaps as you analyze your life and you say, God doesn't seem to be answering my prayers, it may be this hindrance of unconfessed sin. Number two, as we think about hindrances to prayer, I would point out relational conflict. One area we often overlook that hinders our prayer life is relational conflict. Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 5, beginning in verse 23. So if you were offering your gift on the altar, and there you, you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled with your brother or sister, and then come and offer your gift. So right now, Jesus would tell us in the middle of our worship, as we bring the gift of our worship monetarily, in our time, in our attention, in our singing and praise, and you realize I'm at odds with a brother or sister in Christ, Jesus is saying, drop everything. Get up right now. Go to that person in this room with whom you have conflict. Go make that phone call. Go visit that person because your conflict hinders your prayer. 
We need to get right with other people before we approach God. And I would ask you today, do you need to get right with someone? Are you in conflict with someone in your church family? Is there discord in your heart? It's hindering your prayers. Now, here's something you might not have thought about when it comes to relational conflict. Married couples, listen carefully if you're married, the dysfunction in your relationship actually affects your prayers to God. Did you know that? 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7. Husbands, in the same way, live with your wives in an understanding way as with a weaker partner, showing them honor as co-heirs of the grace of life, listen, so that your prayers will not be hindered. When we're in relational conflict, not living at peace with our spouse, it has an effect on our prayer life. Now, I want you to note there how the Bible puts the pressure on the man, right? Men often misapply the verse about wives submitting to their husbands, but they fail to memorize and quote this passage from 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7. So men, if you are not loving your wife and being kind to her and leading her spiritually, Scripture says it's actually hindering your prayer life. Selfishness and egotistical behavior in the marriage relationship will mar your relationship with God. So we have these hindrances to prayer, unconfessed sin, relational conflict. Let me give you a third one. A hindrance to prayer, wrong motives. Now this is a problem for so many of us. If we feel disconnected from God because our, our prayers seem unanswered, listen, it may be we're focused on things we want things that benefit us and we're not praying in the right manner. James chapter 4, verse 3. You ask and you don't receive. Why? Because you ask with wrong motives so that you may spend it on your pleasures. Much of what we pray for as Christians likely falls in to this category, this category of praying with carnal motives. How do we pray? Let's just get honest today. You think about how you pray. You inventory the things you've said as of late in your prayer life. If you're like me, you pray for things that will bring you comfort, ease, and that your desires in your life will be met. Listen to the next time you pray. Analyze your words. Think of the request that you're presenting to God. Are they not often things that will benefit you in the end? When was the last time we prayed for the will of God to be done? God, you do whatever you need to in my life that I might glorify you, even if it means suffering, even if it brings loss to my life, even if it causes my death for your glory. When's the last time we prayed like that? My prayers often don't sound that way. Lord, fix this problem. Take care of that situation. Uh, basically, what I'm praying uh, in summation is, God, make my life better and easier. Never do I pray, God, make my life tough, difficult, bring sacrifice and pain to my life if it brings honor and glory to you. So how can we be effective in prayer? What we want to do is shift to our, our final point here, God-centered prayer. Not self-centered prayer in our relationship with God, but God-centered prayer. Listen carefully. Prayer should not be your attempt to bring God into your world. Prayer should not be your attempt to bring God into your world. 
successful prayer is built upon entering God's kingdom work because God answers prayers according to his eternal program. He doesn't answer prayers based on our temporal needs or desires, our cravings that make our lives easier. Successful prayer is asking God to work according to his will and his desire. It's about getting our lives in sync with his work. What did Jesus tell us to pray? He told us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done. But I often pray, God, my kingdom be built, my will be done. If I'm honest, if I'm truthful about the things I actually pray, it's about what I want and what I think I need in life. And Jesus prayed, yet not as I will, but God, as you will. 1 John chapter, four, verse, or chapter 5, verse 14. This is the confidence we have before him. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. God, why does it seem like you don't hear my prayers? God, why are you not answering my prayers? Because oftentimes we're praying what we want, what we think we need, not the will of God to be done. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us, the Bible tells us. The great secret of feeling connected to God is desiring his will more than your own will. It is accepting when things don't work out your way, knowing that God always has answers to the prayers of godly people. Because as James chapter 5, verse 16 tells us, the prayers of a righteous person are both powerful and effective. And we note that in prayer, when it seems like God's not answering our God-centered prayers... He may sometimes answer yes, but other times it may be no or it may be wait. His answer may end up being different than the answer we want. It may look entirely different from what we think the outcome should be. But today I want you to be encouraged that when Jesus is Lord of your life, you are connected to God. You have a God who listens to your prayers. You have a God who hears your prayers. You have a God who cares for you. So we close today. I want you to listen carefully. Revelation 5. It says that in heaven, there are bowls of incense. And Scripture tells us that this bowl of incense are the prayers of God's people. When you pray, it is like a sweet fragrance to the nostrils of God. When you feel like God's not hearing you, if you're a saved person who's trusted in Christ, if you've removed these hindrances we've spoken of today, you need to understand God longs to hear you speak to him. God longs to have your prayers. It's like a sweet-smelling incense to his nostrils. And when you cry out to God, when you're hurting when you're burdened like some of you are today and you've been crying out to God and God, don't you understand my pain, my suffering, my hardship? God, are you not hearing me? Listen, as you cry out those tears to God, your tears are not wasted. Scripture says that God bottles them up. Not one is wasted. Psalm 56, verse 8. This is from the New Living Translation. I like how it's phrased here. You keep track of all my sorrows. You have collected all my tears in your bottle. You have recorded each one in your book. 
Be confident today. God hears your prayers. God loves you. He cares for you, and he wants to connect with you. So I would ask you today to recommit in your prayer life. Reconnect with God. Turn to him and commit that you'll be a praying person each and every day. And I hope we can make a commitment like that right now. Can we bow our heads in prayer? Can we make a commitment in prayer about our time spent in prayer? Right now, would you pray and recommit to God in your prayer life? Maybe for you that means that you're going to take a few extra minutes each day, get to your prayer closet, your quiet place of solitude, and that you're going to commune with God Perhaps today you have some of the hindrances in the way that you've ta we've talked about. Sin in your life, selfish prayer, conflict with other people. These things are hurting your prayer life. Get them out of the way. Push them aside. Turn from those things so that you can converse with the God of the entire universe. What a privilege is extended to you in your relationship with God. Put aside those hindrances right now. Pray to God. Receive his forgiveness. And today, if you've never become a follower of Jesus Christ, the prayer that God will accept from you is a prayer of repentance and trust in Christ as your Lord and Savior. As the Bible says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Would you pray your first real prayer right now? The first prayer that God will absolutely answer a prayer right now like this one if you need Christ just right now between you and God pray this in your heart father I know that I'm a sinner but I believe Jesus died for my sin I make him my Lord and my Savior now help me to live for you for the rest of my life that's your prayer today God has heard you the Bible would say that today is the day of your salvation. You are born again, a new creation in Christ Jesus. I hope you'll come and speak to me in this next moment as we sing our song of decision. It's a time when we invite people to make commitments. You can come forward and share that you've trusted Christ or maybe you want to join this church family. However God prompts your heart, you come. We would be so glad to receive you in this next moment. Dear Christian, if you have someone upon your heart, you want to pray for them, you come and you kneel at this stage here, at these steps, make this your altar, and pour out your heart to God for that person, that one you want to intercede for. You ask the Lord to work in that person's life, to bring salvation, to bring healing. You come and you pray to your great and mighty God. Father, as you speak to us now, we commit our lives to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand together. I'll be waiting here at the front. Tom will be here as well. We'll be so honored to receive you right now as Brother Anthony leads us in song.